on FM, on DAB, and up to date on social media. We are Radio Newark. Radio and there we go great sound of queen of course and don't stop me now i'm eddie through till seven this evening but right now i'm joined live in the studio by uh, uh district commander of uh newark district police this is inspector heather sutton heather welcome to radio newark evening eddie you're right yeah lovely tart it's been um it's, it's nice to hear. happy new year to you and to you as well merry and christmas as well yes did you have a nice christmas yes it was really nice quite peaceful but Good. had a bit of a break it was lovely fantastic because uh, you came in to see us before christmas and uh, you were telling us in your um your new role as district commander um all about a christmas initiative that you were going to do around newark how did that finish what was it all about first Remind yeah so us. that was the um joint partnership day of action that we had uh, on the 1st of December it was in Newark Town Centre um, really pleased with the way that it ran so it was a day of action focusing on Newark Town Centre and in the evening we had the police dog and a team of police officers um, some in plain clothes acting as spotters to detect uh, people in possession of drugs oh, right. um, during the nighttime economy so 12 people were stopped in total after the police dog had indicated yeah. the sniffer police dogs indicated that they're in possession of drugs cocaine was recovered wow. um, cannabis was recovered um, somebody threw some drugs into the canal that our officers fished out with a uh, fishing rod. Um, right. Had a bit of a foot chase uh, from an engagement point of view. Had lots of opportunity to speak to people that were enjoying the nighttime economy, give a bit of safety advice and some licensing visits and things as well. So real show of strength and show of what you know the police force in Newark can do. Excellent. And um, d- uh, I mean, that must have involved uh, quite a lot of um, resources and costs. Yeah, a lot of resources uh, that are actually in terms of boots on the ground, um, but also lots of planning and resources that goes off in the background. You know, there has to be a lot of thought uh, and planning behind these things. They were additional resources that I'd gone to um, the centre of the police, Nottinghamshire Police Force mm-hmm. for, um, put my case forward about why I wanted to run this operation and the additional resources um, and, and got them. Oh, right. They were quite happy to fund that then. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I mean, do you think Newark's given its fair share of funding compared to other areas in Nottinghamshire? Yeah. So obviously there's an acceptance that there is uh, funding cuts in policing, but also across all of their areas as well. You know, we see NHS, schools, down to local libraries. So there is an acceptance that there's a cut in funding. Um, Newark has its allocated funding that translates into things like estates, uh, police officer numbers, um, vehicles and things like that. Um, but... I accept the major cuts that we have and we make it work with the tools that we've got. We talked last time about working smarter. Mm. So, you know, we're always looking at how we can work smarter and do things better with less resources. I don't feel like a poor district. Um, When I've asked for additional resources or additional money for a specific problem, um, I've received it. Um, We make what we have work and there are lots of resources you know, within the whole of Nottinghamshire Police Force that I've got access to that are not just based at Newark, so wouldn't necessarily come under the Newark funding. Yeah. We're not alone, you know, we've got the road crime team that I use for uh, um, work in some of the rural communities around the A1, the travelling criminals. Um, I've got the uh, kind of back office functions, as it were, in terms of facilities and estates and some of the work that they do for us. The intelligence unit is not a Newark-funded um, uh, resource. CID, we've got the county burglary team. So these are all resources that wouldn't necessarily fit under kind of what you'd head up as Newark funding. But yeah. that's because it's so much more than that. There's lots of other different resources that we tap into. And the ones specific to Newark, yeah, I feel that we can make it work with what we've got. Lovely. I mean, you've been in post now, what, two, three months? Yeah, so I arrived mid-October. 
And yeah, uh, do I think you... I'm on 97 days now. <laughs> <laughs> Some of you reminded me of that this morning. Right. Um, so, uh, I mean, how do you find uh, policing in Newark? Do you think you've learnt anything? Is it different to the policing you've done before? So, a lot of my policing before has been in the city, uh, Nottingham City Centre. I talked before about working nationally and then working in the control room. So, you know, much more on a uh, kind of city national scale. Um, so first of all, I've learned my way around because I hadn't been to Newark prior to my arrival here. So I'm quite happy with how quickly I've qu- picked up all the different villagers, mm. you know, and making sure that they uh, get the attention and that I consider the impact of crime on their area as well as the bigger areas like the Newark Town Centre. Um, but for me personally, learning new things. So rural crime is something that I'd previously known about at a strategic level uh, when working at the HMIC. But I didn't really know the detail of how you policed it, the operational impact of that. Um, and probably the biggest thing that I've learned is the huge impact that it has on those victims. So, you know, rural crime, we might mm. talk about a car doing donuts on a field. That is thousands and thousands of pounds worth of crop to a independent yeah. farmer. Um, so, yeah, for me, rural crime, how to police it, the impact of it, getting your head around the concept of cops on quad bikes and, you know, kind of how we police uh, such a large area you know you've got cops out on patrol walking down the street well they need to be walking down the farmer's lane as well mm. um so yeah learned a lot uh, around there well i mean with newark being uh, out in the sticks so to speak compared to nottingham and mansfield do you um you centralizing resources is it right that the custody uh, um units closed yeah the so facility, sorry so newark custody suite closed before my arrival um shift change for the officers something that they've had to get their head around um but there's a prisoner processing team so the public probably aren't aware of all the intricacies of it and just see something closing at newark yeah you see from a layman's point of view i mean i'm completely uneducated about this thing (laughs) thankfully i've not got any experience but you're a bad guy you get arrested you get taken to the police station thrown in the cell and over the your stay there at uh, Majesty's pleasure or whatever, then um, you get processed and either let go or or sent elsewhere. That might be completely uh, a Hollywood view of um, policing. So what what actually happens? What's the process? Yeah, so that's true for some people. So the purpose of arresting somebody is to further the investigation. So quite often it might be for interview or if you need other powers that are available to you when somebody's under arrest such as searching a house or protecting a vulnerable victim, for example, or sending them straight to court and straight to prison because they're that much of a risk. Now, those things don't always need to happen for every arrest. So if, for example, uh, we need to interview somebody um, about an offence and then they're going to be effectively what we call charged and sent to appear at court in a couple of weeks' time, why do they need to be in a custody suite for that? Because to be in a custody suite involves speaking to a custody sergeant, being booked in, having their welfare looked after, being fed... Uh, you know, put in a cell where there's a bed and facilities and blanket, etc. Then being interviewed in a uh, formal interview room, etc. That's a very time-consuming yeah. and costly process. If the only aim of that is to interview that person, then we can do that at a local police station. We've got interview suites at Newark uh, and Ollerton police stations. The officer can take the person there, interview them, report them for summons to appear at court in two weeks' time. So that is a much better process than taking them into custody um, and spending all that time and cost of them being there to mm. achieve ultimately the same aims. Of course, there are times where somebody needs to go to custody because there's a vulnerable victim that needs to be protected yeah. because there are other powers that need to be used that can only be used in custody. And when those circumstances arise, they go to Mansfield Custody 
There's a prisoners processing team there who are dedicated and based there. They deal with 66% of um, our arrests. Right. So you, I think the public feel that Newark police officers are stuck in Mansfield dealing with prisoners. Yeah. Yes, sometimes that happens, but that's not always the case. And also at Mansfield, we have access to specialist resources. So our domestic abuse team are there. There's a specialist who deal with, uh, you know, the domestic abuse mm-hmm. offenders that they, they can process the offenders appropriately. So, you know, they don't always go to Mansfield. And I've seen the comment about uh, on our Facebook questions about requiring a double crude car mm. to go to Mansfield. Again, probably I'm at fault here for not sharing that. Um, we've just got two police cell cars. So effectively, it's a cop car with a prison cell in the back of it. Right. The arrested person goes in there, and that only requires one police officer mm-hmm. to drive to custody. So, you know, that's what they're two new cars that we've got as a result of Newark custody being closed down to work right. smarter. Yeah. That only requires one officer to take that person to custody. So it's not all bad, and there's no. lots and lots of thought processes and sense I, I that goes on see, behind. Yeah, and I can see the thinking behind that. I, I'll always encourage my officers, if it's appropriate, to interview at the local police station because it gets them out on the area sooner and it achieves the same aim. Um, and, and, you know, that's kind mm, of... It doesn't sound like there's um, any benefit to the cost involved in detaining the uh, uh, the um, suspect, does it? No, so, sometimes... In it's, a lot of it's, cases. Yeah, sometimes it's needed to be done and we've got the tools to do that mm. as effectively as possible. So, with you working, as we say, smarter, not harder, is the uh, the strap line that we <laughs> like. Uh, do you think policing is at an acceptable level in Newark? If I say yes, I feel like I might get stuff taken off me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't go home at night worrying about who's going to answer the 999 calls. Yeah. And I don't hold back on tasking uh, our neighbourhood teams because I think they're overworked. I think it says a lot that a lot of our cops live in Newark. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know they are not concerned about how safe their families are when they're at work. And I think that probably says a lot to the mm. public. Um, yes, of course, I can always do more with more staff, but I'm comfortable with the resources that we've got. I'm comfortable that when I have asked for additional resources for specific problems or operations, I've got them. I feel well supported by our neighbourhood support units when we've done warrants. You know, if we're executing a warrant and I ask for a van of six cops to come and assist with that, I can get them. Yeah. Um, so I'm quite comfortable when I need the extra resources. Uh, they're there. You know, I've talked before about the road crime team. You know, they're not down as Newark staff, but if I ask for their support for something, um, you know, it, it is available to us. Um, one thing I will say on police numbers is I've talked before about reporting uh, incidents to us. We, you know, we will be as proactive as we can, and proactive kind of preventative policing is a passion of mine. We do need the information from the public to be able to target our resources. Mm-hmm. So if things are happening, if there's suspicious incidents, if there's crimes, don't just think, oh, I'm not going to report it because the police aren't going to do anything. We need to know that it's happening to be able to uh, target our resources, but also for me to be able to gather that evidence and uh, explain why I need additional Well, that's support right. It something. justifies. Yeah, exactly. Um, it justifies your claim for further resources, doesn't it, and further funding. Yeah. So uh, anything, anything that you see, anything that concerns you, get it on paper. Get it there, and there are many avenues to report this, aren't there? I mean, you can do it through Facebook, you can do it through email, you can do it in person. Yeah. Through one hundred and one is the main number for reporting things to Knott's Police, um, but report it to us, and you know we can have it recorded and, and give a true picture of the kind of crime and antisocial behaviour situation in the area. Right. Right. Um, one of the things that. Um, I've heard is quite a fashionable sort of nuisance at the moment is motorcycle and moped thefts. 
and, and bicycles. Is that something, are you going to have an initiative focusing on, on that? or? Yeah, is- so push bike thefts um, is something that I've picked up from all the comments on the Facebook posts. So I've talked before that I do review all those comments and push bikes is something that we've seen talked about. Um, I think there's a frustration that there is a lack of police response. And again, that comes with an explanation. You know, if there's an incident where there's no CCTV, no offenders, no forensic opportunity um, and no witnesses, then, you know, whilst the police can record it and look at it, what are we going to investigate? Mm. It has to be a bit of a um, kind of managing people's expectations. If there's an offender or forensic opportunity, then absolutely we will, you know, pursue those lines of inquiry and prosecute those people. Push bite thefts is something that's been raised as an issue. Um, we've got a planning meeting Monday next week, actually, to look at our plans for 2019. That right. is on the agenda. And there's going to be a um, crime prevention initiative around the beat team going out and marking push bikes with the... Um, oh, right, yeah. So, so uh, them, the yeah, b- identifying... Identifying yeah. uh, equipment on the push bikes uh, and talking about how to secure them safely. That comes in addition with us uh, identifying who the offenders are and taking mm. action against them. That comes again with the public reporting uh, offense, such offences yeah. to us. And any push bite theft where we've got a lead on the offender, forensic witnesses, CCTV, will follow it up because it's it's obviously a uh, concern to the public. Yeah. And marking the bicycles, you say you've got an, an initiative, you're thinking of an initiative coming up, that's going to be free to the public? Yes, it will be. Um, it is. It will be happening in January. We've mentioned it previously. We've planned it after Christmas purposefully with people having new bikes at Christmas. Yeah. It'll be advertised on our social media accounts. Um, it will run in the theme of uh, a drop-in centre where people can bring their bikes and have them marked up, um, and that will be advertised. Mm. Uh, you mentioned also about auto crime, um, and there has been thefts of motorbikes and motorcycles. That's increased by 11.4% year-to-date, um, which obviously is something that is going to be... Is that just in Newark District or is that national? Or? No, that's so that's specific to Newark and Sherwood, okay. um, which is where I kind of obviously focus yeah. my attention. Um, they're being taken, wheeled away uh, or taken off drives and hot-wired, and then they're not being um, stolen to order as part of an organised crime. Uh, they're being stolen and ridden by the people who steal them for... Pleasure ki- purposes. Yeah, cheap kicks and thrills. Um, you know, I saw a comment uh, in the... Q&A section on Facebook that we aren't doing anything about it. Well, um, a chap was arrested uh, not so long ago, found guilty of two uh, vehicle thefts in Newark, um, pleaded guilty to court and was sentenced to 18 months imprisonment. All right, So, you know, that is action that's been taken. Again, we are being more proactive about sharing that kind of information with the public. Um, So, you know, these things are on our radar. Keep reporting it to us. We'll share with you results um, and, you know, we'll keep going and no, unfortunately, there'll never be no crime. But, you know, we just have to keep keep battling and try and make the impact as minimal as possible. Fantastic. Right, well, uh, Heather, thank you very much for coming to the studio this evening and giving us a bit of an update. I look forward to seeing you uh, again next month. And, uh, yeah, keep on doing what you're doing. Thank you. Take care, Eddie.